Welcome to the Live More, Regret Less podcast. This is the place to be for the guy who wants more strength and freedom so he can go out and get what he wants in life. Masculinity, women, mastery, more energy, a better tribe, and whatever the hell it is that makes you feel alive. We talk about what really matters so that you can have the right purpose, the power to pursue it, and the drive to sustain G'day, g'day. So we're going to jump straight into it today. Uh, we've got Alistair Mose from Moose Anger Management in Vancouver. And obviously, we're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about what pisses you off, how to use it to propel yourself forward rather than allowing it to control you and losing. Losing sucks. So just wanted to give you a heads up. Also, the first five minutes, the audio is pretty shitty. I had the wrong setting selected on the microphone. I figured that out about five minutes in, so just just bear it out. This is Alice Demos. Enjoy it. What's up, legends? This is Josh from Live More, Regret Less. Super excited to be here with Alistair from Moose Anger Management. And we're talking about anger today. We're getting fired up. I'm always fired up, as you can probably tell. But as always, we do our check-in for a high and a low for the week. So I'll model that. My high for the week has been, I connected with an absolutely amazing guy last night and he was in the army in Australia and he's doing initiation for young men throughout Australia. As I was talking to him, I was just thinking, fuck me, where have you been all my life, dude? Um, he just goes out and gets rough, goes out with the local Aborigines and teaches these kids in the outback, which is where I spent a lot of my life growing up in the outback of Western Australia, and teaches them how to be men um, from the like ages of 11 to 14 and then to 18. So really excited to connect with him, interviewing him last week, next week. And the low for the week would be... I got really frustrated yesterday and I just carried that around and you know funny that we're talking about anger I got I sort of projected that onto my friend uh, Adrian was just getting pissed off just for the sake of nothing um, so yeah I felt pretty bad about that but there you go bring it on alright uh, high and a low uh, well the, the low would be uh, probably yesterday I just had uh, a lot of new clients, and new clients are usually inspiring for me. I get energized by it, but for whatever reason, the new clients were just, it just didn't, you know, flow like it usually flows. And I've worked with thousands of people, but for some reason yesterday, everybody was just talking at me and not stopping. And, uh, and that's unusual, so it was a stressful day. Things just, you know, some days everything just doesn't work out right. So uh, that was my low, and uh, I don't know what the high is. The high was uh, probably in the last week I just, I just got running again. Yeah. And, and I had a, a, a couple of weeks. I was in Ecuador for a few weeks, and after I came back, things just weren't right in, in my stomach. So uh, it took me a while to just get reacclimatized. My body's working again. I'm running out in the trails in the rain and the wet and the cold, and, and, and I love that. So wicked. That's that's one of the things that I just live for. So let's see. That's definitely not right. Thanks, dude. All right. So for. A lot of guys, myself included, when I hear of anger management, I think of, I'm pretty sure it's Jack Nichols and like Adam Sandler in this movie, like anger management. And yes. like the two, I just remember being young and seeing this DVD case with these two faces yelling at each other. I never even watched the movie, but it just like had a, held a bit of like a, I was like, nah, like anger management is, I don't know, is what? What is it for you? Uh, well, it's taking up the courage to actually look at your anger. 
whenever anybody comes my way, you know, at least 99% of the time, something bad has happened. Something really significant, a massive blow up. Because otherwise people just don't call me. And so, you know, those moments are, if people really honestly and courageously look at themselves, what they did, this can turn into change. This can turn into, uh, you know, just like this big moment where they take a fork in the road and start into real honesty. Um, or not, right? It's, it's not, you know, nothing to do with me. But uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. So anger management means looking at the anger, but also all the things that are behind the anger. The history, uh, all the emotions that are connected with the anger, um, you know, which are frustration, uh, pain, fear, shame, uh, embarrassment, and just getting to know how those things inhabit you. And when people are really willing to look at this, it's like they're getting to know that part of them that loses it and they get to know themselves better and so it's like you're outing that part of you so that it doesn't take you over mm -hmm. often people will come to me and they'll say well you know i go from like zero to a hundred like this i said well my guess is there's a bunch of different things going on behind that and if you get to know those better then then you, you know you'll, you'll be able to see it you'll be able to feel it coming on but something happened in your stomach, your sternum, your, your chest, you, there, there, there's tension. Uh, usually people have been not getting enough sleep. Uh, there's been a lot of stress in their life. They're often overwhelmed and um, not, not exercising and not eating healthy. And, and things just snowball and then all of a sudden. So either we learn from this or we are bound to repeat it over and over and over again. And you know, most of us make the same mistakes over and over again. It's, are we willing to really look at that and uh, do what needs to be done so that we change course? So uh, I'm gonna share like a, my own, um, I was thinking about this on the way here You're and I was like- You're not gonna say, well, I have this friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, this guy I know has this real issue. But I'm really stoked that you were just jumping into the juicy stuff. So when I was about mm, oh, like 14, 15, I, I, used to, I used to have like outbursts. And you know, there was one point where I remember uh, we were driving to this place called Bunker Bay. Uh, Mum used to like help some friends look after a place out there. And it's beautiful. But we used to hate going out there as kids because we thought it was really boring. It was away from town. And mum used to trap us in the car. So when she had something that she wanted to talk about with us, she would wait until we were in the car and we couldn't walk away or run away. We were trapped. Yeah. And so mum started, you know, saying stuff and and I reacted. And, you know, I, I remember I was in the passenger seat, obviously wasn't driving at 15, and I punched the window and I cracked the windshield. And I just, I used to just pain along playing along at, I guess you would say numb, and then zero to 100, like that. Yeah. And I didn't think that I had an issue, I guess, because I was so numb all the time, and then I would blame somebody else for making that happen. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Well, I, well, I think we're all... Many of us, myself included, certainly grew up learning just to, to numb from what's going on in you. It's like the emotions are for, or you know, you know, sensitivity is there's there's something demeaning about it. So we learn out, you know, we grew up learning to be tough, to suck it up, to tough it out, and so you numb from all the stuff that's going on in here. Sometimes with the aid of alcohol, right? 
and um, and so I mean that this numbing is is common, and so it's also interesting to help guys get to know what their numbness feels like, because there's a quality to it, right? There's it's like there's a there's some intention, even even if we're not really aware, it's just like this practice of, of numbing. So you want to get to know that part of yourself if you're engaging in it. Mm. You know, in this part of the world, people you, you smoke dope sometimes. Heaps. This look like one of the biggest things I've noticed about getting to Canada is everyone's high. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and, and, you know, in, in 1989, uh, I was in Holland and I was and this place called the Yelenak Clinic, which is the, this, you know, famous clinic in, in Holland. And they had all this material, and this was, this was in the late 80s, and it said stuff like, if you're going to smoke dope, do it for fun. Do it socially. Don't use it to cover up your problems or, or to numb, right? And I thought, wow, these guys are ahead of the field, like in, in general, because here in Canada, mostly they were just saying, don't do it. <laughs> and that clearly wasn't very effective. If you walk around these streets, uh, downtown Vancouver, you will smell marijuana smoke yeah. regularly. And, uh, you know, that's just part of the environment we live in. So do you have a suggestion for someone who feels that numbness they have outbursts but they don't think that it's them that's having the outbursts they think it's other people that are causing it how would someone bring that to let's say it was me at 14, 15 yeah. how would I start to I guess bring that to the surface and, and start to break that pattern because uh, it fucking sucked to be honest yeah well well, part there's, there's a couple of different avenues one is who was the role model for you? Who did you learn that from? Right. If you learned it from anybody. My dad. So often, you know, learn it from my dad. And, and so it's, it's noticing it in him and getting to know the impact of it because it's easier to look at him and see that than it is to look at yourself. But if you really get it in him, you're more likely to see, oh yeah, I do that too. Mm. And the other part is to... To notice, uh, it, it's like you're getting to know the numbness. When does it come up? Where where does it exist in your body? Do you, do you, do you carry it? Is there is there a weight to it? Um, what does it speak? You know, what does it have to say? Because there's there there's some uh, message from the numbness, right? It's uh, protection. It's a uh, defense. You're, you're using that to avoid things. It's just not working very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned to you earlier, uh, uh, I see a lot of nice guys, right? I, I, you know, I meet people, I tell them, yeah, I do anger. I, I, I have an anger management company. And they're like, oh, how do you deal with all these assholes? I say, well, most of the guys people would consider, consider serious assholes most of those guys don't show up, right? Because they're not willing to open up and look at themselves. In fact, a lot of people that come my way, they're really nice guys. They're actually very loving and giving and they give and they give and they give and sometimes they find partners that take and take and take or, or friends that do the same. And eventually they start running on empty and the resentment builds and the shame often builds too because What's wrong with me that I'm giving and I'm not getting anything back? That's not fair, which is usually we, something we say when we're in single digits, right? Six, seven, eight, nine kids say, that's not fair. And this builds up and it builds up and at some point it explodes. And then the person, because he's a nice guy, goes, what have I done? And they start to repair and they don't look at themselves. They're just trying to fix everything around them. But doesn't work out mm. just yeah so I meet a lot of uh, generous guys that are uh, wanting to give it's just they need to 
find a way to give of themselves that's healthy. Because I think we all need to give of our love, of our time, of our energy, of our, our, our wisdom uh, in a way that's um, yeah, it's just healthy, where somebody's listening to you and that they're giving back, right? I mean, that's, that's how healthy relationships tend to work. But if we grew up watching, you know, something unstable or where one person's doing all the work and the other person isn't, then it's like we're, we're attracted to that. Theory. Theory uh, of mine is our emotional baseline it's developed while we're, we're still in utero. So before you're born, right, in that last trimester, you feel everything. And so if your mom's angry or helpless or feeling ashamed or hurt or just life is chaotic around her, well, often the dad is close by, so the, this is involved. But whatever the emotions are, the adrenaline, it's going right through that baby. So if everything's peace and serenity now, you know, the, the kid grows up and is more likely to recreate that. But if it's chaotic and there's shame and pain and fear and anger and chaos, well, of course, you don't remember any of this. But all of that resonates right through the baby. And this is like the safest place you, you'll ever be. So this is like home. And so people grow up and then they, they, they see somebody. There's all these other people that are, intro, you know, that are, but, but this one person, you know, totally stands out. And they get together, maybe they get married, maybe they have kids. And one day they look at each other and they go, oh my God, we've become our parents. Because unbeknownst to each one of them, if you go back into in utero, you can see the same dynamics between their parents, the same events going around their, uh, their mothers. Maybe not exactly so, right? There might be more addictions in one than the other or what have you. But it's like you find somebody who you can recreate the same thing. And then if you're not really paying attention, then you do that. So it's, uh, it's, it's not bad that we connect with somebody, you know, whose parents were doing some of the same unhealthy stuff. What's, uh, what's helpful is if both people are willing to really look at themselves and take responsibility for all the unhealthy crap that they do and get to know the part of them that, that wants to go there. Because this is, this is just where you know this is our default this is where we'll go if we're not taking the time to really get into that and know that and most people need somebody to help them do that mm. so if you're doing things like the mankind project or you find a, a good therapist or you're attending anger management groups and there's all sorts of different things people can do but this reflection and real uh, you know vulnerable honesty is necessary if you want to change that and most of us growing up like vulnerable like right vulnerable is like weakness you know or that's what I learned growing up you just suck it up tough it out and uh, and drink or smoke dope <laughs> So, <clears throat> what? That's my theory. I'm sticking with it. I like it. I like it. What do you think the guys my age, twenty to thirty, need to hear about anger? Well, that uh, anger, like like any emotion, we can do something healthy with anger or something unhealthy with anger, and both are in us all the time so your job is to get to know the part of you that wants to do something destructive with the anger and get to know the part of you that wants to do something wiser um, and you you can see it in athletes 
right, in sports, you can see, you know, in those clutch moments in the, 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 the final game or in the Olympics, some athletes will elevate their game, right? And, and when they talk about it, it's like they slow everything down. They slow things down, uh, things get quieter, uh, but they keep all their peripheral vision, right? We're not going into fight or flight. They keep it out here. Uh, so, you know, it's like they're dialing up their attention, their focus, and, and then they can jump higher. They can, they can do things that they wouldn't under normal circumstances. They elevate their game. And so we all have this capacity. It's do we go there in a relationship when things aren't going well? Do we slow things down? Do we really take the time to get to know what's going on? Do we listen? And do we stay open? Or, you know, do we let that little kid that wants to have a temper tantrum run the show? Mm -hmm. Does our inner Donald Trump come out? <laughs> <laughs> you can take any anybody other than Trump as well because I think we all have had that experience where we just end up acting in a way that's childish that's you're not thinking things through and you can see no other option than to do something really hurtful or to break something and it's do we take the courage up to really look at that part of ourselves it's like you're befriending it because it's with you your whole life. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> the mystery sound. Yeah, that's really weird. I've never heard that one before. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was just odd. Uh, do we take the time to really get to know that part of ourselves, the part of ourselves that we, we, we don't want to look at? It's embarrassing, right? It's difficult to look at the part of you that's acted childishly, that's been irresponsible, that's mm. been really hurtful toward another. So, But that's where the power is, right? Mm. Our power is going to those really difficult places, sometimes with the help of another person who's being there, so to speak, um, so that we can reclaim that kid who was hurt, who freaked out, because he stays with us, and it's and he's not a bad part of us, right? That part of us is uh, connected with creativity and fun and play and uh, being silly, um, and um, and we need that part of us so that we can access all of that. But it's like in those moments, we let that little kid run us and he's not emotionally capable of dealing with the complexity of an adult life. And so he acts childishly. And, and I think this is just a lifelong thing, right? There's, we're, we're going to make mistakes throughout our whole life. What do we do with those? I want to learn from the mistakes so I can make new and different ones rather than the same ones over and over again, right? Which is what I did most of my life. I, I, I spent the 80s bartending and managing bars and going to university, but probably would have got better marks if I did something else for work. A lot of fun, but, you know, I was more numb than not numb. And... I needed to get out of there in order to really grow and learn and uh, step up in the world. Did you have a moment in your life where you stepped up and you had a bit of a coming of age moment? Oh, there's probably more than one moment, but you know, it's when I, for me, I found uh, somebody, and he's written about 15 books. His name is Robert Masters, Robert Augustus Masters. And, um, and so I've attended a lot of his groups. He happened to move from 
bike rock down to Ashland, Oregon, unfortunately, but you know, it's like 10 hours to get there. But I found a way so that I could, and I did lots of different things. I mean, I've attended lots of his groups, but I've done lots of different types of meditation. I've done things like landmark education. I've seen different therapists because I want to keep on learning. There's, there's always more. There's always more depth if we're willing to take the courage up to, to step into it. And, um, and I think that makes life interesting. It also, you know, it's like when guys go to anger management, it's they're becoming more intentional, more in charge of themselves. So when things start to get heated, they're more likely to make a better decision more often, not all the time, right? Because we're not after perfection here. In fact, uh, I see a lot of perfectionists. And when things don't go exactly as they wanted them to go or expected them to go, that's when they start behaving badly. So I guess what I'm hearing is that once I become re-familiarized with that kid and that feeling that I may think is embarrassing or that I don't want to go towards, I can then use it positively and as a fuel in my, in my life. As a, as a fuel, but it's also to. that you, you know that part of yourself. So you notice that it's coming up in you. You notice that, uh, you know, that part of you wants to take charge of you, or you notice that you're willing to let the little kid run you. Because in those moments, you're acting in a way where you're disconnecting from your heart. You're disconnecting from your emotional intelligence and your intellectual intelligence and the ego ends up running right the part of us that just wants to get away win be seen be heard uh, be in control be in charge and you know like this is this is with us whether we're willing to really look at that acknowledge its existence get to know its history within us and in, in our family and be able to acknowledge it and, and speak about it well, that that takes a lot but that's not easy so one of the things I, I, I do with people is is uh, an exercise called a gestalt so we'll be sitting in these two chairs and I'll, I'll sit over here and I'll get one of these pillows and I'll say okay so which, which one of these pillows represents your 14 year old for instance, right? And I'll have you have a conversation with the 14-year-old. And I'll get you to imagine what his uh, body language is like as he's sitting there, maybe in the car, right? Um, what his facial expression is like, what the look in his eyes tells you about what's going on inside him. And then I'll say, okay, so we're gonna have a, con well, you're gonna have a conversation with him. And at some point I'll say, switch, and you'll go and sit and be the 14-year-old. And I'll say, I'm going to start a sentence and you just finish it. So I'll say, what I notice most about you right now is, and you're, look, you're looking, you're the wise 24-year-old. And you're looking at the 14-year-old and you say, okay, what I notice most about you is that you look really tense and unhappy. And I say, oh, okay, switch. And then you come sit with the 14 year old and, and I said just finish my sentence of course I feel tense and unhappy because because nobody's listening to me and I'm trapped in this fucking car and I can't do anything about it and I'm being held accountable for something or whatever's going on right and I can feel this right you know I'll say what it feels like in my body is well maybe there's that numbness but something's coming up Right, and so we'll explore this, and and it so that you're more intimate with that experience, like you're more willing to viscerally be with it as it exists in your body, but also in your thoughts, 
and eventually we'll get to if I had a, a compassionate loving adult what I would need from that person is to be heard to feel love compassion what happened right and just generalize it Could we, I'm feeling quite pissed off and frustrated because you pretty much took me there to yeah. being that kid yeah. how would we demo that like I think this is a great example to like you know some people can get that feeling back oh almost everybody can what's the so the next step would be let's say I was by myself and I went there like what and would be what what I really needed was okay what I really needed was someone to not trap me in a fucking car when they needed to tell me something and I felt the, the trapping was so I felt captured and I wasn't able to escape and I felt like that was unfair like I had no power and you had all the power um, you being my mum yeah and what I was most afraid of was being seen yeah being seen as someone that wasn't was a little sneaky little liar because if I was seen as a sneaky little liar what might happen is my mum might stop perceiving me as a good boy and then and then I would get in trouble and be rejected nobody would ever want to have anything to do with me ever again Mm. usually right that's where it goes to and I'll be alone Mm. not always but often right and it's just and it's usually right in the sternum, right? Oh, That's, man, it's right there right now. Yeah. 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 And so there's the, this, is, this is the point where you can collapse or you hold yourself up and you actually lead from the sternum and it's like, you know, that little boy is in you and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to let anybody trap you in a car mm. and take your power away. You're worthy. You matter. You are loved. And so you develop this loving, caring relationship with that part of you so you take care of it. It's like you're parenting yourself. But you need to become really intimate with that that's in you. So when it comes up, you recognize it. You know it. It's like, oh, here's this again. I know in the past when this came up, I did this or this or this, and I don't want to do that anymore. Like, <laughs> punch in the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and be, because your body's going into fight or flight, mm. right? And all this adrenaline's rushing through your arms and it wants release. Well, it makes sense that you did that. I mean, it's not justifying it. It's just, yeah, of course I did that. And... And I was uh, role modeled to do this kind of thing. So that's what I learned. It makes sense. We're not here to blame your mom or to blame your dad. It's just, yeah, that's in me. <laughs> all right, right? You know, it's good to have a bit of a sense of humor because we all act like children sometimes. And it's, well, what do we do with it? Well, good to talk to somebody who's acted like a child before <laughs> made all sorts of mistakes and um, you know is willing to look at all that and step into something that allows you to open up it's like oh yeah everybody's like this in one way or another right we all act like this right there's a little forgiveness or some compassion for ourselves yeah I'm not the only one that's like this which is the great thing about being in a group people people get it somebody talks like this or we have this conversation in a group I'll say well how many people can relate to this and you know everybody's putting their hands up because in one way or another everybody has felt trapped everybody has felt powerless and even the great big guys you know are like same thing right doesn't matter what your size is how old or young how rich or poor we all have these types of experiences mm-hmm. right maybe Donald Trump didn't get enough attention 
I don't know, maybe, right? <laughs> and it's never enough, right? Unless you're willing to really look at that and get to know it and, and, and claim it as, as part of you, right? This is, that's where the power is, but it's power over ourselves, right? We learned growing up to, to have power over others, but that's not real. It's about being more intentional, being more in charge of yourself, and being able to be with vulnerability and the whole range of emotions, right? From, from tears and sadness and, and, and pain and shame to joy and love and happiness, right? You see, some people, they just sort of keep it all, they, they try to keep it a real level so everybody sees them just going on the same, oh yeah, but it's about how other people are gonna see me. It isn't really about what's going on, right? That stuff needs to come out. It needs expression. Uh, it, it needs to move through us. And meanwhile, we all learn just suck it up and yeah, sure, I'll have another beer. What a great idea, right? Yeah, well, you know, I speak for myself, but I think a few other people as well. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. That was that was good. I feel like I feel much better. <laughs> I don't feel trapped. <laughs> so let's talk about like I've done. You know, I'll just use myself as an example. And you know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to interview this guy." Um, you know, do you have any questions that you think would be cool to ask? And he was like, "Dude, I'm probably the last person to ask that question to, because I just don't." feel very angry anymore you know like and, I, and for myself I really just don't I find I get more angry at myself and use that as a fuel to like pump myself up sure and I'd just like to explore the question like why do people hold on to it for so long you know we were talking about it before we started like people holding on to it and just being grumpy old men and it's like they've held yeah. on to this one event for their whole life and it's shaped their whole body yeah why does that happen? Well, I mean... Like, does it just cook? Does it just brew in their brain and just... Yeah, well, you know, we choose, we choose what we do with our history. We choose what we do with our conditioning. And usually if somebody is stewing in all of this and they're bitter, well, they can look back and go, oh yeah, my mother, my father was like that. Oh, and so was his father. And they, uh, this, this is how they dealt with things. They just stewed in it. And what did that do for them? Well, they ended up becoming an alcoholic and smoking a lot, or they ended up um, not having any friends. They, people didn't want to be around them because people don't want to be around that kind of energy. And so, you know, I mean, it's like the, the, the classic, uh, you know, you're, you're holding on to resentment. It's like you're holding on to this burning piece of coal, thinking it's going to hurt somebody else, right? It's like, yeah, not so much. It's actually, you're the one it's doing the harm to. But if we don't know what else to do, if we don't have anybody who can help us through that, if we're not willing to take up the courage, well then, you know, then we just stay stuck in it. And, and the, the people that I find the most challenged by their anger are the guys that live alone and they go to work every day and they go home and they stay alone. Just them and the internet, right? It's like we're social beings and we need feedback from people. We need people to say, get your shit together. What the hell are you doing? Sometimes we need somebody to call us out and say, you know, what's going on here? To hold us accountable. But if somebody just stays on their own for long periods of time, then they you know, they, they get lost, they lose perspective. And when people see me, they've lost perspective. 
Otherwise, they wouldn't have acted the way they did. They've disconnected from their core values, their heart. They're disconnected from their intelligence, from themselves emotionally. And, you know, often when people come to our groups and they start, you know, or they see us individually or what have you, and they start reconnecting with all of this, and they start bringing their their baseline down, you know, it's like their heart rate's been elevated every day all the time because, you know, they're under all this stress. If they can bring things back down, then they can reconnect with the part of their brain that was not available to them. And they reconnect with their heart. Things stop being so dramatic, all or nothing. And they, they use words like, yeah, I'm starting to feel myself again. Right, which is which is great to see, and then we hear people say, "Yeah, that the, you know, the things are more relaxed at home," but it takes courage. It's not easy to do this. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? <laughs> That's um, man. Like I just find that accountability thing and the like being alone is so poisonous and. Like that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this whole thing is creating a community and things that guys my age can go out and do that's fun that's going to help you grow at the same time you know I feel like there's like a separation between like seriousness of like growth or like your mission or your career or whatever and then the rest of life do you know what I mean like I feel like when you're around the right people and right now I'm so I just pretty much like not even pinching myself, like, like punching myself in the face to believe this is real. <laughs> like, I am just surrounded by an amazing group of guys right now. Yep. Just awesome friends that are just so keen to push each other yep. and have fun, have a laugh at the same time. And that humor thing, yep. what you were saying before, has, you know, like someone gets angry and he's like, man, I, I, I pussied out. I didn't go talk to that girl. What the hell? You know? And just being like, oh, dude, you're a bitch. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, in a fun way, you know what yeah. I mean? Instead of being like, oh, don't get angry. Don't be angry, man. Like, whoa, settle down. Well, and, like, you know, and, and people think anger is bad, and it's not. If somebody comes to me and says, yeah, I never get angry, I go, hmm, that's too bad, because, <laughs> you know, what's happening to you? Because, I mean, we need to have uh, conflict. We need to have conflict with our family and friends. Not extreme conflict, but... You know, are you alive? And exactly. anger fuels us to be better people. You know, Gandhi, I'm just guessing, right? Probably kind of pissed off at the British in India, right? Of course, he didn't do anything violent, but he certainly did something powerful. And if you look at any big change in the history of the world, anger is behind it. People were pissed off and they didn't want to put up with it anymore. Whether it's about me too, Right? Or, uh, you know, civil rights or, or whatever it is, right? You know, political movements, people get angry. If that anger, you know, if when the person feels the anger, they step back and they look at a bigger picture, they connect with their intelligence, they connect with their heart, they connect with their, their guts, their emotional intelligence, then they can respond wisely. Whereas the anger rises up, right, like heat or a wave, and if the person doesn't take a moment to step back, doesn't take a breath or two or three, they just react in the moment, then we do something destructive with it. So the anger isn't bad, it's just, what do we do with it? Mm, And you miss out on what the, the actual change you wanted to make anyway. You're like, this is not, this is something like that needs to change. And then explosive anger, but no change in the direction that you wanted it to go. Well, and the explosive anger usually is involved with blaming and attacking and finger pointing and yeah, not being so uh, and 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 responding from that really young place in us, mm-hmm. right? It's just like this little kid is just freaking out and. Punching the window, punching the wall, <laughs> running away, whatever it might be. So let's uh, start to wrap it up with our 
end questions that we always do. But I'd love to know before we do that is a good starting point for a guy to start to explore these sort of avenues. Um, so I had David Tian on the show about a month ago and he suggested Gestalt. He suggested, um, uh, what was it? The Tony Robbins style therapy and things like that. I'm just looking for, if a guy jumps on Google and types anger management, a million things could come up. Yeah. What do you think a good suggestion is for someone? Well, I mean, there's a video on my website that shows part of what happens in the, in the first session of a group. And that addresses the physiology that's going on as, as you escalate and the things that happen in your body. And um, I mean, th- that's an, an easy one to do, like a 20-minute video. What's the website called? Angerman.online. So I'll write that down. The other, oh, sorry, it is written down. And then the other guy that I would suggest is Robert Masters, Robert Augustus Masters. Yeah. And um, and he's written a lot of books. And one is called "To Be a Man." Mm. I've been suggested that. I sell them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I'll be walking out of here. The this is a, this is a great book, and uh, he's yeah, he's he's got some great stuff. I've learned a tremendous amount Fantastic. from him. I'm very grateful for him because uh, we end up just uh, oh, you know, he sent me an email one day because he wrote a book about anger as part of his PhD, and. Um, and he wanted to send it to me, which of course I said yes. And then we ended up, um, I ended up attending one of his groups and now I've done lots of work with him. Awesome. But that's where I learned the doing the Gestalt work. But yeah, he's, he's highly recommended. And I, and I have a, I have a book that you can get through my website. Lose, lose your, your temper. temper. And, uh, yeah, I mean, of course I would rec- re- recommend that. But I'd also recommend that you connect with people, uh, attend an anger management group, attend something with the Mankind Project. Go to, I mean, there's lots of things that, that can help you self-reflect. And... Um, and sometimes having a, a good therapist, somebody who's done the type of work themselves, uh, can can help you as a as a guide along the way. And at the end of a week, it's pretty much nothing better than lying down in bed knowing you gave it your all. For me personally, knowing that I gave it my all, feeling satisfied, knowing that I lived a bit more and regretted a bit less. What are three things you would suggest to a guy? to try so that at the end of the week or at the end of the day he knows that he lived a bit more and he regretted a little bit less yeah well I would say sit still for 10 minutes a day and watch your breathing people that do that find that they have more willpower and are a little bit more in charge of themselves Um, read pick something up on the topic and start reading and attend something that connects you with other men whether that's attending a men's group or going to an anger management group or um, you can even attend one of our anger management groups even online we actually have people internationally attend the groups we do but it's connecting with other men so that you can have these conversations and face the difficult things Mm. if you don't want to face it that means that's the direction you should go in right that's where the uh the treasure is so to speak yeah yeah the more embarrassing the more important it is to go there (laughs) (laughs) and then when you put in the effort personally you put in the hard yards and it's time for a reward how do you treat yourself some people love chocolate some people like smoking a stogie big cigar like what is it what is it uh, that 
Well, definitely chocolate is a, is a good one in there. Uh, every year, uh, my wife and I travel. And I, I just find that going to other places and seeing other how other people live and, and being in different parts of the world is uh, it's important for us to be able to relate to to other people and understand them and I think the world would be better if you know more people could put themselves in others shoes my uh, younger brother was just traveling uh, in the Honduras and Panama and Colombia and he just went into Ecuador yesterday two days ago and one of the things he he saw at the border was all the Venezuelans trying to get into Ecuador from Colombia and they've left everything at home. They have nothing. Well, it just sounds like it was really moving for him to see all these people. He says, nicest people in the world. He says, incredible. And, you know, I mean, he's going to ride a motorcycle around Ecuador. And, uh, yeah, and just seeing all these people, you know, it's like, wow. Awesome. Boom. Thank you so much, dude. That was lots of fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Got into the nitty gritty. It was great. So, dude, uh, where can where's the best way to get in touch with you if someone wants to come to one of your groups in Vancouver? And for those that are international, what's the best way to get a hold? Of you? Yeah, uh, website, email. Yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, I get, I get, you know, but anything, right? Phone call, text. Usually, I get around to answering them sooner or later. Um, uh, but emails, I get I get loads of emails. Okay, yeah. awesome guys. Well, I'm going to throw that in the show notes. That if you're happy to have the email address in the show notes, or should I say that again? Do you, want, do you want your email address out there in the yeah ether? Beautiful. All right. Well, the email address will be there. Oh yeah, yeah. swing it his way. And, yeah, um, yeah. Good stuff. Thanks again, and guys, keep rocking it. Peace. He's rummaging through your earwaves. He's bringing you the goods. As always, I appreciate your ear. Thanks for listening. And as always, I'm going to request you just click the little five-star button. Write us a cheeky review. You can put in a random username if you want, whatever you want to call yourself, and hit that submit button. Hit that subscribe button. Show us some love.